All right, all right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Married Life. It's so great to have you here. If you're in the back, go ahead and find your way up front. We'll probably set up some tables here in a few minutes if we don't have any seats. But uh, so excited to have you here. My name's Tim Gillio. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. This is my beautiful wife, Rachel. Good evening, everyone. Come Welcome. On. And we are, we're excited to have you here. We, we love marriages and we love the opportunity to, to get to connect. And one of the main things about married life, we love teaching, but we also love just building a community. So uh, today is about hearing, we got Pastor Dan Seaborn and everyone said, whoop, whoop. Uh, we got Pastor Dan Seaborn. He's gonna be sharing an incredible word. He was here a couple months ago, I think, and had some cool things to say that he might follow up on. So if you're here, you might want to be ready for that. But what we're about also is just building a community. So take a minute. I'm just going to stop talking and look at the people that are at your table and say, I'm so glad to sit at this table with you guys. <laughs> ah! And you want to know what? I'm so glad. I'm so glad all of you made it out tonight. There's several of you that, that got an opportunity to wear red flannel. Whether you did or you didn't, make sure you realize that uh, there are opportunities for some photos in the back and we'll make those available to you. More information will be about that after uh, service today. But uh, we're about building community and we wanna be a place where healthy marriage can happen. I grew up uh, with my parents. They didn't have healthy marriage influences around them. And because I think that was one of the things that kind of led into them having an unhealthy marriage that actually ended in divorce. So we're about creating an opportunity where marriage can be healthy. And a lot of that comes with who you're around. So the people you're sitting at the table with, the people that are in this room, the people that are in your lives that can pour in in a healthy way. So that's what married life is all about. Yeah, and how we're going to do that is just giving you an opportunity for some fellowship at the table, and then we're going to have worship in the Word. So if you could take some time, like Tim said, it's who do you have around you? You know, we all take for granted how busy life can be and how hard it can be to be intentional about impacting somebody next to you. And so what a better opportunity than to do it tonight, to just stop and as husband and wife, impact somebody next to you. So why don't you at your tables take time to decorate some cookies woo, woo. and share if you do an artificial Christmas tree or a real Christmas tree, if you've had any really interesting stories about a Christmas tree, like rodents in them. We've had that. And how, like, what do you do? Are there traditions around the Christmas tree? Um, you know, how many Christmas trees or just share what you do as a family or as husband and wife so that everybody can just kind of get to know some fun traditions that you have that could rub off on them. Awesome. Well, we'll give you about 10 minutes to just hang out with your table, decorate some Christmas cookies, maybe eat some Christmas cookies if you want. <laughs> I don't know. And then we'll be back up. So go ahead, connect with the people at your table. Oh, make sure you introduce yourself and tell them your name. Yes. And if you're in the back looking for a place to sit, Eric and Shelly, there's two... There's two couples that can fit up here with us. There, so we can have one more couple up here, another couple at the table back if it's hard to see that there's openings. There's room for another couple up here and another couple at this table. So it looks full, but there's room for couples at the tables up here in the front. All right, all right. Well, if you can go ahead and turn your attention back up here, sorry to have to interrupt all of your 
hanging out and getting to know people around you. So we've kind of gone both ways through our time. Uh, we've had real Christmas trees and we've had artificial Christmas trees. Actually, currently we do a real tree upstairs, which we do the whole like go and cut it down. Does anyone do that? Anyone go cut it down? Yeah, it's amazing. This last year we went in a Literally, we took like six steps into the, the field and we're like, we like that tree. And the rest of the time, we were comparing every tree we saw to that first tree. So after about 45 minutes to an hour of wandering, we just said, let's go get the first one. So we went and cut the first one down. It was like 10 feet from the car. It was pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, craziest story we ever had is I think we had, a, we had an animal in ours one time, right? I wasn't going to say where it's from. Shh. We bought it from a local store and uh, we took it back. Because we're like, we didn't buy the one with the animal in it. We wanted the one without the animal in it. But uh, anyways, real quick, I did want to mention that Alexis is in the back taking pictures. And if, like, there's, there's, I think there's a large supply of people that are going to want pictures taken. So we're going to go into worship. There's a couple of couples that want to go back and grab pictures right now. We can. We're going to do a Christmas song. So I'm going to ask everyone to just go ahead and stand up. We're going to go into O Come, All Ye Faithful. I'm going to pray first. And then we're just going to kind of go right into it. After the worship song, Pastor Dan's going to come up and transition right into his message. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, let's pray. Ask God to be a part of this thing called married life, and then we'll go. Is that cool? All right. Well, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time. Jesus, we know above all that you love marriage. Father, you don't desire us just to have an okay marriage. You want us to have an amazing and a blessed marriage. So right now, we submit each of our marriages to you individually. Father, we also submit this time to you, Lord. We ask that you would speak to us. Lord, help show us areas where we need to be encouraged, maybe where we need to grow, maybe where we need to support our spouse. Lord, we just love you. Father, we love you, and we thank you for who you are. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.
It is, uh, it's going to be real relaxed, it's going to be very enjoyable. I loved a couple months ago when I was here, had a chance to talk to you. In case you are looking and saying, why is Dan not dressed in flannel? I thought they said flannel underwear, so I'm good. And uh, it is good to be here and to be with you and to talk to you tonight. The last time I was here, we talked about the importance of praying together. I think it's a single biggest thing that you can do for your marriage and to heal your marriage and to grow in your marriage. And so I gave you a challenge. I said to those of you who are here, um, don't be afraid to raise your hand. If you were here, raise your hand right now. If you're here, yeah, okay. So I said, I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm going to ask you to go and seek to do this in your marriage. I will report to you that I have not missed a time a day, probably twice a day, maybe Jane and I pray many times, and so I have sought to do that in my own personal life. It's not something I just throw out to you and don't do myself. I've been working hard at that for over 30 years, and it is something that's a great blessing to our home. And so I want you to know that I've been doing that. And it was really cool for me. My son and I went to Chicago uh, a couple of weeks ago. We drove there, got home late, like 10-ish, 11 o'clock, and he was talking to his wife on the phone. And this is something I've told my children the importance of doing and sought to set this example for them. And uh, his wife was on the phone with him, and, and they were just chatting. And I'm driving. He's in the passenger seat. They're talking on the phone, and I hear him say, well, you're going to bed now? And she's like, yeah. He said, well, you'll probably be you know, asleep by the time I get there, so let me just pray a blessing over you now. And it was fun just to sit and listen to my kid pray for his wife. And he hung up, and I said, hey, good job, bro. I'm really proud of you. Way to do that. Way to give that gift to your wife. So, Okay. <laughs> No, I'm not going to show my underwear, so I don't care if you turn the lights off or not. So I wanted to start by asking how many of you here um, have sought to do that. And the way I'm going to do that, I'm not going to have your hands up again, but I want to hear some testimonies. I want to hear you say, we've really sought to work at this, we've sought to do this, and I want to hear if it's made a difference or what happened in your marriage. So uh, Tim and Rachel are going to help me. He's going to run around. Oh, she's going to run around with a Roman mic, and he is going to go 
put on flannel or something? No, you're coming back, right, Tim? He's going to uh, point the camera so that someone will be able to, who's watching later, will be able to see who's talking. But is there anybody here who would just raise your hand? And I'm going to ask you to actually stand up. Would you stand up and share what you did or how you did it or just a testimony of, hey, that was beneficial for us? If it was hard for you, that's fine, too. I just want to hear you talk. Uh, tell me some of the things that happened in your marriage because of doing this. Anybody at all? I know Tim and Rachel have one they're going to close with, but is there a testimony we can open with to talk about that? Anybody? Just stand right up and share what God has done. All right. Thank you so much. Let's go with the mic here. Edward, tell us, tell us about how that worked. Did you do it before, or was that when you started? I'm Edward Bates, and we've always prayed together. I thought you wanted the husband's to pray over the wife. Sure. So that's what we did. We added that extra component. I in. like that. And um, I think it almost, it made us even, even closer. There's a certain intimacy that goes along with prayer, especially I think as the, the, the head of the household praying over your wife. Mm -hmm. um, and we could feel that intimacy, uh, that closeness, and it really made my wife feel intimate. Um, I think because me, we talked about I, that. We talked, remember? Yeah, she remember more, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, she's more. In other words, it made her desire physical more. Yeah, she yeah. wants more. You know, she's more yeah. closer to you and yeah, laying looking. up under you. So, time for bed, honey. Let's pray. Let me pray over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, coming I home from work. <laughs> let's pray on the phone, honey. I'm coming. I think it's. I think it's really good because I think it, I know, it gives a more um, security. I think it yeah. made her feel more secure um, and protected um, yeah. and having a hedge of protection over her. And it made also, it made me feel good to do that, yeah. knowing that it pleases the Lord. That's good. And taking care of That's good, that dude. situation. Thanks for sharing Amen. that, man. Proud. Give him a hand. That's awesome. I love that. Thank you, Edward. Thanks for sharing that. Who else? Anybody else? Somebody else want to share? <laughs> In the back. What's your name? Sarah. Okay. Sarah, we're coming with the mic. We want to be able to hear you. Are you going to tell me he felt a lot more intimate after this? I'm loving it. Well, I actually have a funny story that Rachel wanted me to share. So okay, great. Oh, time, this is, I got you. Okay. Last time you were here, you encouraged us to pray together, and we were sitting with our friends Carl and Shelly, and I don't think they're here tonight. So that was on a Wednesday night, and so we challenged each other as couples to hold each other accountable. And so Sunday at church, we were sitting next to Carl and Shelley, and after church, we both stood up and we were talking, but a friend of ours walked up, Christy, and she's single, and she had no idea what we were talking about, because I didn't specifically say we're talking about praying together. So Christy walks up, our single friend, just as I say to Shelley, Shelley, how are you doing on that? She goes, we're doing great. We're doing it every single night. <laughs> and I said, Shelly, I'm so proud of you. High five. And she goes, how are you guys doing? And I said, we're doing really well, too. We're doing it every single night. And Christy's eyes kept getting bigger. <laughs> and then I said, one night we forgot, because typically we do in bed at night. Yeah. But one night we forgot, so we did it the next day in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. And then like it, it doesn't stop there. And then I said, last night I was so tired, and I told my husband, Rick, I said, Rick, I know we should do it, 
and I really want to do it, but I'm just so tired. And I said, you're so good at it. And I said, I, I'm not kidding, I said this. I said, you're so thorough. <laughs> I, said, I said, you cover a lot of areas. <laughs> it's getting better. Yes. And then I said, and since I'm so tired, can I just hold your hand and let you do it tonight? <laughs> and by now, Christy, I looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh. And her, she didn't even say a word. And I said, Christy, oh my gosh, no. We're talking about praying together. Dan Seaborn talked awesome. about praying together. And you know what she said to me? She said, oh, phew. I thought that's how married people talk to each other about sex. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. I love it. Thank you, Sarah. That's good. Give her a hand. That's good. I think Rez should sell a shirt out in the uh, shirt center that just says, we do it every, every night. night. <laughs> <laughs> and on the back, have praying hands. You know, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Anybody else? Somebody else share something maybe you've experienced or, or just what it's meant in your marriage? Yeah. What's your name again, man? I met you, but... Yeah, uh, Aaron Isma. Aaron, yeah. Yeah, so my wife and I have been trying to do... Doing it every night? Yeah, pretty... Pretty much. Uh, so we... I, I think it has opened her up to be more intimate with me, and that, mm. that's been good. But the thing I really want to highlight is we've been taking it as an opportunity to really pray for our children yes. more regularly. And I would say that... Um, she just had mentioned this to me the other day. It was like... You know, have you noticed that the boys have been really well behaved recently mm. and just commenting about, and, you know, they had been. You know, our boys aren't angels, but yeah. um, they've definitely taken it up a notch. And, you know, I would attribute that to, to us specifically, you know, praying over each one of them in, in certain That's areas good. of their lives. That's awesome. It's a great testimony to your kids, Aaron and uh, Ashley. And I was sitting with them, and they've just moved out here, well, a couple years ago from Olathe, Kansas. Mm -hmm. And then how many children do you have? Ten kids. So they have a good group to pray for. So give them a hand. That's awesome. That's good. I know, right? Yes, ma'am. What's your name? Rachel. Nice. Okay, Rachel. Tell us what happened. So um, my husband, Chris, and I have actually only been married for not even two months. We got married on October 14. But when we started dating, something that we really wanted to do good at do together was pray at the end of every date because we wanted to be able to start that faith foundation very, very early in our relationship. So we don't do it every night, but uh, <laughs> we also weren't here last month, so that's my excuse. Um, but it's something that I really look forward to doing. I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to come to a program like this and just have fellowship with other married people. And um, I have noticed that since we have been praying together a lot more often, it has also opened up my personal prayer life. Mm, good. And so every morning on the way to work, I just pray aloud and I try and something else that I learned from Dan Seaborn, go through my brother Gerard list of mm -hmm. just all of mm. the people that oh, I want to, that I want to bless. So, mm. um, we hope to keep this going and we're just very grateful to hear everyone else's stories. That's good. Thank you, Rachel. That's really good. I want to explain the brother, brother Gerard thing because that's an impacting thing that really affected my ministry for many years when I was very young. And it's something that when you're doing this praying together, 
you don't know the difference it could make for your children as they get older. Brother Gerard was a man who I met uh, probably as a kid, let's go back to even 10 or 11 years old, there was this little camp that happened every year in Greer, South Carolina, where the denomination of the Wesleyan Church, that's my heritage, the Wesleyan Church would get together, all the churches would come together for a week of camp meeting. And as a kid, mom would drive over there during the day sometimes because services would happen. There was a sermon in the morning, sermon at noon, sermon at night. So we would drive over to Greer about an hour away, and I would play horseshoes. I remember mom would let us uh, sit and not have to go through all the sermons, so we'd play horseshoes. And there was this gentleman that walked around campus, and I feel like when I was 10 or 11, he looked like he was 160 already. He was really old-looking dude, kind of like I look now to you. Um, but he, he was very hunchback, like he walked like this. If I said, if, if he looked at us, you know, playing horseshoes, he would turn like this to see us. And, and he was known as a man of prayer. I believe he was hunched and crooked like that because, gracious, if I saw him doing anything other than walking around, he would be praying. He just prayed all the time. He would be kneeling somewhere, praying. And I remember saying to my mom, what's, what's up with that guy? She said, that's just Brother Gerard. He prays all the time. So... I go into ministry. I moved to Michigan, okay? I moved to Michigan. I've been up here for years, and I got an invitation probably, you know, five years, maybe ten years into ministry up here. I got an invitation to go speak at the Greer Campground, which was an honor to get to go back home. And I show up to preach, you know, do my thing, and I see Brother Gerard. He's still alive. I can't believe it. And uh, I, I went into the prayer area before I went up to preach, and I go in the prayer area, and sure enough, Brother Gerard is in there praying. And, I mean, you know, here I am, probably 35 to 40, and, and he's still hunched back even more. But he's over there, and he's got, this, he's got this black book that he's doing this with. He's turning the pages, and he's praying. I, and I'm, you know, from here maybe to the table I was sitting at, I was that far from him praying, but I slowly, <laughs> he's praying, and I just kind of crept on my knees over to watch what he was doing. I just wanted to see it. And, and before I got done with my prayer time and was, and was leaving, I went up to him, and I said, Brother Gerard, um, can, I, can I speak to you for a moment? He had finished praying and closed his book, and I said, uh, Brother Gerard, you, you probably don't remember me. He said, oh, I know you are. And I said, well, Brother Gerard, you know, when I was 10 or 11 playing horseshoes out there, the cling and clang, and that was me. And I used to see you, um, and my mom told me you're a man of prayer, and you've been this your whole life. And I said, I just want to thank you for that example for the rest of us. And I said, but I, would you be willing, Brother Gerard, would you be willing to, will you take my name and will you put it in your book? Would you be willing to pray for me as you go through that journal? And he literally did like this, oh, Dan, Dan, and he flipped through that book, and he put me in there. he said, I've been praying for you for years, boy, and I was like, what the world, I didn't even know you were praying for me, and what a gift, and I would say to you all in this room, as you're praying for people, maybe the Lord adds on your, besides just your children, the Lord gives you as a couple, someone you met at church on Sunday who doesn't know the Lord or whatever, you start praying for them. Let that become a part of your routine because, I mean, that was a crazy testimony from Brother Gerard, and he was just a hero of mine, um, passed on to be with the Lord. But gracious, he, a dude praying for me, I didn't even know he knew my name. So what a, what a gift that was to me. So this thing of praying together is a difference maker, and I just encourage you 
to continue to do it. <laughs> and now when we say that, we've got to be careful. Continue to pray. Uh, we'll come back and do a sex talk later. But this is about prayer. So, in fact, I think Dwayne and Jeannie are doing that talk. So I'll let them do that one. I'll do the prayer. And I just want to really encourage you to continue to develop that in your, in your life. And I'm so proud to hear these testimonies. I'm thankful you came back because it could have been easy for you to go, oh, I don't want to be challenged anymore. So I love it that you're willing to be challenged. And I'm going to give you another challenge tonight. I'm going to give you what I would call the next progression in the step of after you've prayed together, the next thing you can begin to develop in your relationship, okay? And I'm going to tell you that I've been praying with Jane for 30 years, 30, 40 years, okay? I've been doing that. We will tonight when I get home, we'll pray again together. She's not here tonight because she's at a ladies' uh, Christmas dinner thing. Um, and so I want to share with you something, though, that I have developed, I would tell you, in the last two years. I wish I would have done this way earlier. Those of you who are younger married in the room, I've been married 40 years this year. Those of you who are younger married, jump on this a lot quicker than me. I would have saved us a lot of heartache. I would have saved us a lot of competing in conversations. I would have saved myself a lot of uh, frustration and anger if I would have done this thing I'm going to talk about next. And it's a spiritual discipline. It's something I do in my personal life with the Lord, but I was not doing it and had not done it with Jane. I am a preacher. I read my Bible and pray. That's just what we do. I'm hoping and praying that that's also something you do. But as a pastor, I have to be known as a man who reads his Bible and prays. Or I'm, To me, I'm not really a pastor. I need to be developing those things and habits in my life. But I added a couple of years ago, reading the Bible, praying, and I've always had for about past 25, 30 years a listening time too in my spiritual walk. But I had not done, I read the Bible with Jane, I pray with Jane, but I had not really listened to her. Like listened to her heart. And I want to talk about that tonight. And I want to start by saying, somebody in here right now, don't, don't squeeze your hand, don't turn and point. But somebody is hoping that a spouse will honestly listen to what I'm going to say. You know, the Word of God teaches us in Philippians chapter 2 about Jesus. The servant he was. The example he set in servanthood and in humility. And one of the phrases in Philippians chapter 2 is this, let each of you look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Jesus came and did that. I'm not here for myself, I'm here for you. That was Jesus' example. As men in our home, the example setter, according to the word, because in Scripture we're compared to Christ, the wife is compared to the church. That's not something you hear a lot in our society. But I want you to know, when you hear the example of Christ, men in this room, you are to be the example of Christ. That means giving in first, dying first, serving first, except just setting. Christ did it first to set an example so the church would follow. And I realized a couple of years ago, though I would have said I was a good listener, I have to tell you that I really wasn't listening. To Jane sometimes uh, when we would have conversations, etc. And, and, and I wrote down some of the reasons why we aren't good listeners. I, I don't want to just go over this for a second. Number one, to be a good listener, you got to be quiet. 
that's not a favorite of some of us. I'd much rather talk. You know, I'd, I'd much rather share my thoughts and my ideas and what I think's right than to go, oh, I'd love to hear what you're thinking. I'm learning in my life being a good listener is such a healthy thing and helps you grow so much. It's a marked change that some of us need to make in our life to become a good listener. And to become a good listener, shh, shh, more, shh, more. I wrote down seven reasons I think we're not good listeners. Number two, we don't always agree with what the person's saying. <laughs> when I'm listening to somebody and I don't agree with what they're saying, I want to go, oh, no, no, I don't want to hear any more from you. But what's happened for me, and this is an example I can give you from, let me think back, last night. Jane and I had a disagreement last night. Something happened. We were watching two of our grandkids. And something happened at dinner with them, and it really, really bothered me. And I, I just, you know, she said, you okay? I said, I'm great. We can chat about it later. You know, just not going to do anything in front of the grandkids. So later that night, uh, she said, hey, that really bothered you. I said, it did. I said, that, that was, it was kind of irritating. But I said, what I want to do is I want you to explain to me why you did what you did. Like, ex why would you do that? That's how I said, why would you do that? And then I literally, we were in our bathroom, and I literally stopped, and I said, explain to me why you did that. She did. She took a couple of minutes to explain it, and I went, wow, that's good. I would, I would have never thought about that. I would have never done it that way. It's just not the way my brain works. But hearing you explain it, that's really helpful. Thanks, babe. And I started to walk away. She goes, well, wait, what were you thinking? I went, it doesn't really matter because what you're saying makes sense. And I promise you, if I go back five years ago, I would have just said, here's why it bothered me, and here's why, and I'd have just gone off on it. That's changed in me. It was really interesting because I said that, and we were fine. I did my thing, she did her thing, and probably two or three minutes later, she came and found me and went, and anyway, babe, I don't, I don't, you know, you listen to me, but I don't think I, I don't think my tone was necessarily right, and I'm sorry for how that came across. Will you forgive me if any way it came across poor? I went, absolutely, it's all good. That was a lot better than the way we used to settle that. And some of y'all here need to get in on this, because maybe even the way here tonight, something blew up in the car, and you're sitting here, and you got your flannel on, and you look like you fit, <laughs> but you're not doing well. And I just really want to challenge you to start going, okay, maybe there's another angle or another view here that I would never come up with. I want to hear it. But for me to be able to do that means sometimes even if I don't agree, I'll still hear her out. Third reason I think that we don't do a good job listening is distractions. Just distractions. You, you all have this the same as me. You ever talk to somebody and then you can tell they kind of look away. And like, like you're talking and you're talking right here, but they're looking over there. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh -huh. If you have kids, anybody here with kids that whenever you start and talk to each other and your kids, ah, daddy, mom, mom. Yeah, yeah, just, just a minute. No way. You know, your communication's breaking down. Distractions hurt listening so bad. We were sitting earlier. I was sitting there talking to Tim, and behind was those, all those pictures of the people who were coming up, you know, going to be speaking in the next few months. And I'm talking to him, but one of those pictures will flash up, and instead of looking at him, I glance up there. Well, what am I kind of saying to him? Not paying attention. 
distractions. We're not good listeners because, and there's so many distractions in our society. So many things coming at us. I, I really want to encourage you to try when your spouse is talking to you because we're speaking specifically about our spouse tonight. I really want you to zone in and like look at him. Like look at him. I have a friend, his name's Tim Elmore. He travels around the country and speaks too. He does, he does this to such a degree, he makes me uncomfortable. Like even if I try to look away, he'll follow me over there. And I'll be like, Tim, he goes, I've just learned this is the best way to connect. I'm like, man, you're driving me crazy. But practice that. Maybe you work at that for a while. Maybe you even use that illustration. If your spouse looks away, go over there to that spot where they're looking. Hi, I'm over here. And it'll draw them in a little more. Those distractions, those distractions make you feel like what you're saying is not important. And, and if, you're not, if you're already struggling a little bit in your relationship with your spouse, if you feel like they're not paying attention to you, then it just makes you detach more. Um, <laughs> the fourth reason I wrote down is just, you know, what you're listening to is boring. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes your spouse is talking to you and you're trying to look like you care, but you're like, man, you're dragging this out. But you can't say that. You can't go, da, 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 da. And you just can't do that, you know. <laughs> it's hard because maybe you're tired. You fall asleep while they're talking. It's boring. Uh, fifth reason I wrote down is we don't listen. This is, this is a real big one. We're just self-focused and self-centered. We think what we say is way more important. Do you know, like forget about your spouse a minute. Do you work anywhere with somebody who's that way? Well, it's just, it's annoying, isn't it? Somebody thinks they know it all. Self-centered. Always want to turn the conversation to them. I think of, I have a friend. I love him. He lives in another state, so I can talk about him. But he just, he turns every conversation to himself. You can start talking about something happening. You're like, yeah, I did that one time too. And you're like, oh boy. Self-centered, self-focused. Work at that. Uh, you probably won't notice it about yourself. I've told my friend he does that. It's really fun conversation. But I'll tell him, dude, you, you, you made that about you again. And he'll go, I did, didn't I? I'm like, yeah, you got to stop. Number six. <laughs> Number six, uh, we're not good listeners because we just go ahead and assume we know what they're going to say. All right, no, you've done this before. I know where this is going. Hear them out. Hear them out. Give them a chance to express it. And number seven, stubborn. I don't want to listen. Like somebody's listening to me tonight going, I'm not changing this. Uh, we've been married 40 years, and that's just where they are. I'm not, I'm not changing. I'm not, it's too late. No, it's not. Just like it's not too late to pray every night it's not too late to start listening to your spouse so what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to give you some tips on listening the first one is I want you to listen and this one's very obvious I want you to listen with your ears like be intentional the next time your next time your spouse is talking to you about something and you you catch yourself going oh yeah this is usually when I clue out for Clue in and listen with your ears. Be intentional. Even do this if you have to. Do something to make sure they know your ears are focused on and listening to them. Um, I would encourage you, just a thought, if you have a phone, I have notes on my phone, etc. 
sometime this week when your spouse says something, keep a little thing, go write down, go, my spouse said this, write it down. Something that you know is significant to them that they've told you. To really listen, I want you to tune in and go, I'm going to write that down. That's important to them, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to let them know later, I heard that. A week from now, I'm going to say, you know, last week when you were talking about this, I wrote that down. That was pretty important. I'm telling you, you will make your spouse feel valued if you took time to do that. Have you ever had a situation where you're with your spouse and you're around another friend or another couple and one of them says the same thing you've said many, many times? But whenever that person says it, they go, oh, that's so good. And you're over here thinking, I told you that a thousand times. We tend to do that with those couples or other people. Look at your spouse sometimes and go, that's so good. Let's go shock them. The first time you do that, what's good? What's good? My hair? I mean, what is it? You know? But say it. If you're thinking it, say it. Verbalize it. And that will show you, I heard you. Then... Um, the second one is going to be kind of different. I want you to listen with your mouth. You say, what in the world? Well, I think of a couple said, I was in this setting this week. I was in a setting. I was in a room with two guys, and they were talking to each other. And one of them just started talking over the other one. Like the guy is sharing something with him, and the other one just started talking almost like he didn't even hear him. And I want to tell you, listening with your mouth means like some of you here might need to even, next time your spouse is talking, go. Or let them reach across and go. <laughs> but be intentional. Last night when Jane was sharing that, I've been working on this for the last two years. I think I shared it with you before, before we came into this setting. But this has been life-changing for me. I just have become a really... Like I said, great, decent listener. And remember, I, I make a living speaking. So it's pretty easy to carry that home. And I've worked really hard at going, say less. Say less. And last night, I can tell you, it was very intentional standing at the sink when I said to her, hey, babe, um, I don't, you know, it irritated me. I don't get it. I wasn't mad or anything. I said, I just want you to explain to me why that happened. And then it was silence. When she said the first couple of words, I didn't go, but, or I didn't say, well, yeah, you're, you're wrong there. I didn't say any of that. I just listened with my mouth by keeping it closed. She finished everything she wanted to say, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, thank you. That's another thing that shows you're listening with your mouth. Thank you for sharing that. I said those words, thank you for taking time to share that with me. <laughs> Ten years ago, there's no chance that would have come out of my mouth. But it's been life-changing because I really do listen to her. And, and this contraption shuts down a lot of listening with our spouse because we're preparing our rebuttal. We're thinking about what we want to say. We're already rolling our R's while they're doing it. And I just want to really encourage you to to practice listening to your spouse sometime this week where you don't say anything. I want to tell y'all this is hard. I'm not standing up here saying this is easy stuff. I've had to be really intentional about it. 
then I'm going to encourage you to listen with your eyes. While Jane was talking last night, I was standing at the sink. Let me show you what I was not doing. She's standing right across there. She, we got two little sinks in our bathroom. She was just over the left of it, a little area she can stand, and she starts talking, and I was not doing this. I didn't do that. Looked right at her. I think I smiled. That's a pretty favorable look to hear someone. And not a, not that. Watch it. Body language does a lot. We can say what we want. Your eyes say a lot. If the whole time they're talking, you're. That's what we do. Somebody in here has no control of your body. You have no control of your, you say, I can't control it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you can. Because if I did the same thing your spouse does sometimes, you would not lose it like that. Because you know I'd use you as a sermon illustration on Sunday morning. <laughs> Just kidding. I might. But you know what I'm saying? Somebody else speaks to you the same way. You control yourself. So you can. You can. You just don't want to. I was watching a lady on Judge Judy the other day. I happened to catch that show. And this woman did not like what Judge Judy was saying to her. And she's like, <laughs> whatever. And I was like. You ain't even listening. And she even said, you're not listening to me. Yes, I am. You aren't listening because your whole face shows it. And your eyes say a lot. Your spouse can tell if you really care about what they're saying. Listening is way more than the ears. Listen with your hands and your feet. Put some action to what you know. I can, if I, t today, okay, we had the grandkids overnight, and today's my day off. I came to work tonight, but today's my day off. I'm home on Wednesdays. I can watch my wife and see some things that would be beneficial and helpful to her. We have a bunch of people coming to our house tomorrow night, and... I saw her. I saw her go in the kitchen. And she didn't say a word to me. But I was listening with my hands and feet thinking, I wonder if she needs any help with everybody coming over tomorrow night. I wonder, wonder what's going on. So I saw her. I saw her get a, a mop kind of thing out. Then I saw her get a, some spray stuff out. We have wood floors. Not as nice as, as you guys have in your house, Tim. But we got some really nice wood floors. And uh, Tim just laid wood floors in his house, so I'm really proud of that. So it looks awesome. Ask him to show you a picture. It looks awesome. And um, I looked at her, and we got two grandkids there. I'm playing with one of them. She's got one of them. And I thought to myself, hmm, if I listened to her heart right now, she could use some help with that floor. So we were doing some other stuff. We finished, et cetera, and I didn't say, I didn't say a word. I just went over and got the mop, and I got the spray, and I started, just started spraying the floors, spraying them, mopping them, spraying them, mopping them. And she looks over and goes, what are you doing? I said, I, I don't know. I just thought this would be beneficial. Oh, honey, thank you. That's so kind of you because I was listening with my hands and my feet. I put action to something that I knew would be helpful to her. 
Let me tell you something, men in this room. Listen to me. If you go and do something without even being asked, it will make them desire intimacy more. That's not why we do it, but it shows them love and care. Watch this. And it shows them they were thought about. Everybody in this room loves to be thought about. Do you see how listening has nothing to do with your ears sometimes? It's awareness. What could your spouse use from you right now? Don't even have to tell you. Maybe they have said it in the past, but what could your spouse, just think about their day-to-day, okay? What could they use from you right now? Give it to them without them having to ask. Pay attention to their world. You say, I, I, I don't have the energy. Yeah, I, I understand that. I would have loved to have just said today, I'm tired. I've been watching these grandkids. It's my day off. You don't get a day off from loving and caring for your spouse. That's just part of this gig. And I don't always do that great, but I do a lot better because I'm a better listener than I used to be. I'm more aware. And what's happened is I've become much more aware of who my wife really is. I spent a lot of years trying to get her to be who I wanted her to be. But by listening, I've discovered I've actually listened to her go, oh, oh, that's how you think? Oh, that's why your brain processes it that way. Oh, you weren't just trying to tick me off. That's just who you are. Yeah. Ditto back to me, too. Because she has those same thoughts. But as we discover more who we really are, we get a long way better. Because I'm letting her be who God created her to be. And I'm learning how to love her there. And that happened by listening to her thoughts. I'm telling you, it goes both ways. There's some woman sitting in this room right now going, please start listening. There's some man sitting in this room right now going, please listen to me in the future. I know. You say, how do you know? Because I'm married. And I wrote down, listen with your heart and with your soul. If you want to become soulmates, soulmates is not something that is automatic. I've told you this before. We've really done a disservice in the church by calling our spouse our soulmate. We're helpmates. That's what it calls us in Genesis. We're helpmates. We can become soulmates if we take time to care and carry the burdens of the life of that one we are married to. So you can develop soulmateness, but you don't start there. Most couples think they get married. Found my soulmate. No, no, you found a helpmate, hopefully. You can grow and become soulmates, but that has to be intentionality. And what I'm talking to you about tonight is a soulmateness. It is a developing an inner desire to want to know and care more about your spouse. It's looking to the interests of others and not just to yourself. And now I want to say that some of you might need what I would call a translator. (laughs) I don't understand my spouse in the way they think. Perfect. You might need a translator. In other words, a coach, a counselor, somebody to walk alongside you. Don't be ashamed if you need that. If you say, I just don't connect. I don't know how they get it. Perfect. Invite a third party. Talk to, you know, someone here on staff at Res and just say, help me 
get some guidance on how to develop this relationship because my spouse and I, we just, we just don't connect. Okay. That's not weird. You're not abnormal. I want to normalize that. There's plenty of couples who don't know how to talk to each other. And I want you to get help with that. I want you to seek a translator, I would call it, a spiritual guide who would help you understand each other's language. And I believe the steps we took last time to pray together can make a big difference in this. Watch this. If I'm praying over my spouse and I say something like this, Lord, you know, sometimes I just don't understand them, and I need your help so I understand them more. Right there they feel heard and connected to. You're admitting, I don't do it all right. You're admitting, sometimes I don't get you. It's okay to say that. And then you're calling on the Lord God Almighty who created you to mesh you more, to soulmate you more, to connect you more. That's an intentionality. These are not easy things. I've talked to you about the list the last two times I've here. I told you 2% of couples ever pray together. And that's church-going couples, 2% pray together. You guys already, by the way you raised your hands, we're breaking the barriers down there. Perfect. Listening, same thing. Couples don't listen to each other. And especially some of you who have been living together for a long time, you're married 40 years, 50 years, you just, we're going my own way. Mm, mm, that sounds stubborn. That sounds selfish. Break that down. Because, you know, one of the things I want to give to my children is the testimony of a couple that finished well. Uh, my mom and dad, by the end of the life, it was just, it wasn't even pleasant to be around a mom who was so gentle, et cetera, and dad was so mean, and then dad kind of softened over the years, and mom got to where she would just say really hurtful things. I'd even say, Mom, don't, that, mm, I didn't hear that growing I don't like it when you talk to him that way. Ah, it's fine. Mm, mm. And it was, it was kind of ugly. And I don't want my kids to finish and go, let's get out of here. Merry Christmas. I, I don't want that, you know. I want them to want to hang around us because they're like, oh, you old people. You're sweet. And, you know, I might have to say, well, we can't hear anymore. That's why we're so happy. Yeah, I don't know, but whatever I got to say, I want to finish sweet. <laughs> I want to give them a living legacy of, of connectedness. So I'm going to give you a little assignment. Here at the table, I want you to turn and I want you to talk to each other, just at, to, to, the, to the group. What's something you could give to your spouse? Just tell the group, here's something I could give my spouse that would help us connect better in this listening thing. What's one of the things I've said or something that came to your mind? Certainly my thoughts aren't all encompassing. There's plenty of things I would have left out. So what are the things that come to your mind that you say, this would connect us better? And then later you guys can talk about that you know, on your own as well. But just as a group here, talk about something that's ministered to you tonight. You go, that'll connect us better if we take that step. What is that step? Let's take a second, talk about that, share that with each other, and then Nikki will come up and close us out. Lord God, I just pause a minute and pray over these couples. Thank you for letting me talk to them. They listened, and I pray now they would take these thoughts and apply them in their marriages. Watch over our homes, bless our homes, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, turn and talk. What could you do to be a better listener? Just share it. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, that was really loud. I can hear myself. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It wasn't working, and I was talking, and I realized that I had turned off the microphone. Oops. 
It is so great to hear all of this conversation going on in the room. It's been really neat to watch everyone connecting with one another, sharing stories, and just being excited. It's there has been conversation happening since Dan walked off. So um, I want to take a minute to say thank you, Dan, for continuing that conversation, for challenging us really well. Um, I was too chicken to walk from the back of the room to the front of the room during testimony time, so I'll go ahead and share it now. But that was, um, my husband took that challenge hugely to heart, and it was a new, um, new thing for our marriage to kind of step into that space of verbally praying over one another, and he totally championed that the entire time, um, every single night. Um, he had two business trips during that season, uh, during November. One of them, we were not able to connect on a nightly basis. The other one, he took the time to actually write a text message every single night with his prayer in it. And I'm not going to lie, I wept every single night because of the, um, just the incredible power of the words that he was speaking over. And I had the opportunity to watch over the course of the last 60 days as even the way that he's speaking to me. Um, has shifted and changed the things that he's praising um, and even my own self-image has shifted a ton so husband your words over your wife has an immense amount of power to break down any strongholds that may have existed prior to you guys ever meeting so don't discount the simplicity of wow you look great or God thank you for my wife both of those all of those things are incredible I introduced Edward to some great marriage advice this weekend, which was awesome. So I might have complimented his wife publicly. <laughs> I also told lots of people that I did that and it was semi-awkward, but not awkward because I told everybody about it. So a couple of quick announcements. We do have our camping trip coming up in August. We currently have nine, uh, eight spots available. So if you are thinking that you want to go camping in August, um, please hop on our events page and get on that because those are going to close the beginning of February. Um, it's at Dunes Harbor Campground in Silver Lake. It's beautiful. They spray for bugs, so there's no mosquitoes. <laughs> it's incredible. So if you have not gone camping at Dunes Harbor, it is worth it. Um, we also have uh, New Year, New Times. January is now only a few days away, and we will have new um, times for the church. So we will have a 9 o'clock service and 11 o'clock service. It's a shift from 9.30 and 11.30. Um, next month, we will have Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie speaking here. Yes, they will be talking about something to do with intimacy. I haven't seen the notes yet, so I can't tell you what's on there. And in February, we will have James and Eileen Sunnick from Victory Life Church coming to join us. It's going to be a really great um, night. He, Pastor James is a very powerful speaker, and I love to listen to him. Um, we also have our winter date nights, kind of an intimate setting where we set up over in our olive tree a one-on-one -on -one date for you and your spouse. So if you want to participate in that, I will have sign-ups available probably in the next week. So um, if you keep an eye on our Facebook page, it will be on there as well. That's announcements. If you would like to partner with us in your tithes and offerings, that's also the three ways to give will be available up on a slide here in a moment. And, guys, I'm pretty sure I forgot something. Oh, new people. I would love to know because I love to track numbers and I love to say hi to all of the new people. If you are new in the room, this is your first time visiting Married Life or your first time in like a long time, I would love to see your hands because I want to say hi to you. One, two. Wow, you guys, that's incredible. Two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20. Guys, that's 10 couples. 
That is the most new people that we have had in the room yet, which is incredible. I love seeing that. So thank you for coming. Thank you for checking us out. We would love to continue getting to know you and inviting you back each month. And don't forget to get your children from Children's Ministry. It was really good to see all of you guys. Have a great night.